Welcome to Spread the Word Now. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. The Lord Jesus declares, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. It is my earnest prayer that as you receive the ever-living word, the brokenhearted will be healed, they'll be liberty to the oppressed, recovery of sight to the spiritually blind, in the name of the Lord Jesus. I pray that the words you hear will not be persuasive words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith will not be in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. Hi folks, my name is George, and our title today is A Name Reserved. First of all, get a piece of paper and a pen to record the scriptures that will come. Remember, you are instructed to test the information you hear to see if it aligns with the Word of God. This is how you become strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. As a Christian, you are called to confront the enemy on behalf of the sick, the lame, the crippled, the blind, the oppressed, the lost, the abused, the fatherless, the widows, and the list goes on. Today, we're going to look into a very special name given to a very special man and passed on to a very special bride. Let's begin with Isaiah, chapter 7, verse 14. God has told Isaiah to speak these words. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Remember, Isaiah was a prophet who lived 700 years before Christ was born, but he saw that this name was reserved in heaven for a special man. Now let's go to Matthew chapter 1, and it says that Joseph had a visit from an angel, and the angel said, you shall call his name Jesus, the baby's name Jesus. Luke records that an angel came to Mary and said, you shall call the baby's name Jesus. Now God's plan is unfolding just the way he wanted it. The name in heaven was being applied to the baby. Now we're moving over to Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. And beautiful explanation about Jesus. Now, it starts with verse 1 of chapter 1. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets, like through Isaiah, at many times and in various ways. But in this last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, yes, and through whom also he made the universe, yes. The sun is the radiance of God's glory, yes, and the exact representation of his being, yes, sustaining all things by his word, yes. And after he had provided purification for sins, he, that's Jesus, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. His work on the cross and resurrection from the grave was done. And then verse 4 says, 
So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. Amazing. We see that Jesus inherited a more superior name. Now let's turn over to Philippians 2, verses 9 to 11. Similar comments. It's a very interesting thing that the Apostle Paul states here because he received it by revelation. So verse 9. Therefore God exalted him, that's Jesus, to the highest place and gave him, that's Jesus, the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Beautiful, just beautiful. Now, did you catch that verse 11 says, Every tongue, yours and mine, and those in heaven, those on earth, and those in hell will proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord, and this will bring glory to his Father. We can see from Hebrews and Philippians that Jesus inherited a better name and was given a higher name. All this happened when he rose from the grave, bringing the keys of hell and death in his hand. Now, are you okay with this fact that the name of Jesus is higher and is greater than anything we could ever imagine? Jesus and his name are absolute perfection, absolute perfect beauty. There is nothing greater than Jesus and his name. Now hang on to this thought, because we're going to go over to Acts chapter 3. We know what's happening here. Acts chapter 3, verse 1, A man who was lame from birth was being carried into the temple. That's where he was put every day to beg. Verse 4, Peter looked at him as did John, and Peter said, look at us. Verse 5, the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Verse 6, then Peter said, and you know this, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And then Peter took him by the right hand and helped him get up. Instantly, the man's feet and ankles became strong. Can you see that Peter had faith in the name of Jesus and put action to his words about the healing qualities in the name of Jesus? Peter did not assist God in the healing and restoration process, but Peter did provide instant encouragement and an outstretched arm. Now, what's really important is verse 16, Acts chapter 3. Peter is talking to the crowd, and he says, 
By faith in the name of Jesus, this man, whom you see and know, was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him, that's through Jesus, that has completely healed this man, as you can see. Now, this was the intense love that the early church had for Jesus. They understood that when Jesus ascended to sit at the right hand of his Father, that he gave his name to believers, to his church, to his bride to use. You have that name if you are a Christian. You have the ability to exercise that name. Now a comment. We are not second-rate Christians because we didn't walk with Jesus 2,000 years ago. His name given to us is the exact same as if he were standing right beside us, beside you and beside me right now. What exactly did Jesus say about the reason for the Holy Spirit's coming? Remember, Jesus knew he was going to heaven to be seated at the right hand of the Father. We're going to look at a few excerpts from John chapter 14, 15, and 16. With the focus being on what did Jesus say about praying and asking in his name? And what did Jesus say about the Holy Spirit teaching us about Jesus, about the name of Jesus? Now, here's a few comments. Jesus said, I will do whatever you ask in my name, so the Father may be glorified in the Son. Jesus said, you may ask me for anything in my name, and I'll do it. Jesus said, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever the spirit of truth. Jesus said, I'll not leave you as orphans. I'll come to you. Jesus said, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, who the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Marvelous, marvelous truth. Jesus continues on. He says, if you remain in me, my words remain in you, you will ask what you wish, and it will be done for you. He continues, Jesus says, whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. When the Advocate comes, he says, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth, who goes out from the Father, He will testify of me. The Holy Spirit testifies about Jesus. And Jesus continues. Unless I go away, the Advocate will not come to you. And then he says, But when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own, He'll speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. Jesus says, He, the Holy Spirit, will glorify me, 
because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. Now, let's close with a couple of these statements. Until now you have not asked anything in my name, Jesus says. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. The Holy Spirit is going to show us Jesus to the same degree that the first disciples knew him. The use of that name of Jesus can be done with the faith of a little child. That's all it takes. The same can be seen when we look at a record of Philip in Acts chapter 8, verse 5. Philip had been chosen by the early church to wait on tables to look after widows, a servant's role. Philip, it says in verse 5, went to a city in Samaria and proclaimed Jesus there. Then the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, and they paid close attention to what he said. Verse 7, it says, For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. And there was great joy in the city. How did all this come about? What was Philip doing? What was he saying? Well, it's not specifically said, but we know that unclean, demonic, fallen angels leave people when they are told to in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you for this word. I thank you that that name reserved in heaven, given to the Son of Man for all that he did, was then passed to his church, to his bride, to us. And we exercise the authority of that name. We give you honor, glory, and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to a message from Spread the Word Global Ministries Red Deer. If you'd like more information, you can contact us at info at spreadthewordglobalministries.org or info at spreadthewordnow.org or through our website, at www.spreadthewordglobalministries.org. Our phone number is 587-377-7745. Thank you. Bye for now.